This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone, welcome to Parakuf Dalid chapter 104. This class is sponsored for all of the victims of the Miami tragedy. Uh, may their neshamos have an aliyah, and may Kali Yisrael see only simchas and joyous occasions from here on in. I want to start off this parak with a mashal. Okay, I want you to picture the 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 bas of an older father. Okay, so the father had a daughter when he was already older, and he just there's nothing that he wouldn't give her. He's he's wealthy, big, and powerful, and his daughter is the apple of his eye. And he's just her whole life, birthday parties and beautiful clothing. And he, he doesn't spare any expense to make her happy. And she's really just like spoiled and, you know, beloved. And she has a great, great, as you can imagine, a great life. Anyways, she's 20 years old. She's ready to go to the chuppah and she starts to panic. And one day she wakes up and she goes, how am I going to pay for this wedding? Who's going to take care of all the expenses? Who's going to help me get ready? And when you, when I tell you this, right, you're thinking this girl must be mentally ill or something. She's worried about who's going to pay for her wedding. What in her life did she not have? She had everything and anything that she wanted. If it wasn't right away, it came a little later. If it wasn't exactly in the way she was able to get it, her father gave it to her in a different way. Her father was so loving and so kind. She got everything that she wanted. How could she worry? And it sounds so silly. But the truth is that every single one of us is waiting for something. We're all waiting for things in life. We're waiting either for better health or a shidduch or a child or money or a house or friends or whatever it is that we're wanting in our life. We're all, every single one of us is in right now in a state of waiting for something to come. And what happens to us? We go into this weird mode, right? This weird place of like, oh no. Who's going to give it to me? How am I going to get it? And we start to panic. And we start to act very much like this little girl who totally forgot that she has a loving father who's constantly taking care of everything that she needs. And this parak, this beautiful parak, which we say every Rosh Chodesh, it's the song of the day, it's the Shir Shalyom of every Rosh Chodesh, it talks all about Hashem's greatness as seen in nature. We to- we go through each day of creation here in this parak, and we highlight the attributes of Hashem that are seen in everything in creation, the attributes of wisdom, power, benevolence, all of his chesed, all of these things are so clear when we look at the, and when we study creation, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing here in this parak. And now this praise that we're offering Hashem, this gratitude, this acknowledgement of his greatness, it's really a gift to us. Hashem doesn't need our praise, right? It's a gift to us. It's to remind ourselves now as we come into the new month. And every month when you say this and you're coming into the new month, you're rem- you're starting, how beautiful that you're starting off the month, reminding yourself of the nature of your Father in Heaven who is always loving you and sending you chesed and giving you everything that you need, just like this father that we spoke about in the Mashal Kaviachal. So this parak reminds us of nature. It reminds us of the miracles of nature, which then if we focus on that 
and we say it and we praise Hashem about it, then we're going to be able to come into the new month with renewed joy, trust, and certainty that the same God who's holding up the universe is also bringing us the things that we're wanting and needing. So from this parak here, from talking about the miracles that we already have, we're going to derive three different ideas of how we could actually enjoy our life in the present. Enjoy the moments right now with calm, confident, trust, and menuchas nefesh, so that we're not living in a state of transit. We're not falling into the trap of, I'm desperate and anxious worrying about when the next thing is that I need is going to show up because there's always going to be things that are missing in our life. I'm going to talk about that here in this parak. Hashem set the world up that way. It's deliberate. As, as the same way Hashem created nature, part of nature is that we're always going to be missing things. We say multiple times a day, thank you Hashem for creating us with our chesronos, with the things that we're lacking. There's a very good purpose for it, which we're going to talk about here in this parak. But the fact that we're lacking things doesn't mean that we have to live in a state of constant anxiety and high alert. We, our avoda is to stay in the moment and stay present with the trust and the confidence that Hashem is going to be bringing us everything we need. And the way we do that is by reminding ourselves what He has already, of what He's already brought us and what He brings us now every single day. So let's learn three new ideas from this parak. I'm excited to teach them to you. I use them in my own life. I use them with my clients to help them get into a more joyous state to attract more joyous things. Parak Koftalad Pasagalaf. Barchi Nafshias Hashem. So our soul is praising Hashem. Why is our soul praising? Why specifically our soul? Because like we said, our bodies are plagued by constantly being focused on lack. If we're not working on ourselves to see things from a higher perspective, our default state is to say, what do I not have? And to be focusing and zoning in on that. And so here we're calling upon a higher part of ourselves, our souls, in order to praise Hashem for what already is. Because just our bodies, our physical selves, are pulling in the other direction, are trying to get us to see what we don't have. So what is our soul saying? Our soul is saying, Hashem Elokai, Gadalta Ma'od, Hashem, you're so great. Hod vahadar lavashta. You wear splendor and majesty. You wear glory and majesty. So what does this mean? It means that the, what Hashem's wearing, His clothing, are going to be all listed in this parak. His clothing is nature, the magnificent creations that He made. Why are His creations of nature called His clothing? So clothing has two different purposes. Clothing is, on one hand, and opposing purposes. On one hand, we wear clothing to cover ourselves up. On the other hand, we wear clothing to show off who we are, right? You're going to a, a job interview and you want to wear a certain outfit because you want to come across a certain way to the other person. You want them to gain information about you based on what you're wearing. And the same thing goes with nature. Hashem's purpose for creating nature is, on one hand, that He wants to hide His hand in nature. He doesn't want us to always see open miracles. Going into that would be a whole nother class. So I'm just going to say it in short. Uh, and on the other hand, He's trying to show show us, like, this is who I am. Like, you can't relate to me on a spiritual level, so I'm going to put make nature into something that could connect me and you into a way that you could get, gain information about me, which we're going to be doing in this parak. So let's go to Pasuk Beis. Ota Ar Kasalma. The Ibn Ezra explains 
Ota Arkasama means that Hashem wraps himself in a robe of light. The Ibn Ezra says that light was created on the first day of creation. And so here we're talking about the first cloak that Hashem used to conceal his spiritual essence here in the world. It's so interesting because last week we spoke all about Kalavush Tachli fame, that something that seems so fixed, something that seems so permanent, the ratzon, the, the will of Hashem that sometimes we think can't change, really, it's like a lavush, it's like a garment that he could just take off and put back on. Just like I change my jacket, Hashem can change his ratzon. So we should never get stuck thinking, my life is stuck in a certain place, I can't get what I want, anything is possible because Hashem could just change his will, like a garment, and that's all being reinforced here. So interesting because we just learned it last week, and here in this parak, we're talking about nature just being like clothing, which would give us all a lot of chizuk. That whatever seems to be fixed and rooted in its place, Hashem could change it in a split second. Pasuk Gimel Hamakari Vamayim Aliyosav. Hashem sets the the heavens. He supports the heavens. He supports the skies with. Water, Mayim, with clouds. What do you see when you look up? Clouds, water vapor. Uh, a human mortal king, if he were to build a palace, he would have to build a strong foundation, and then a floor, and then walls, and then a very strong roof. Hashem doesn't need any physical means to help you in any way. This is the message here. We need things to make sense. We need things to add up in our physical world. But he doesn't. His help often comes from absolutely nowhere. And the fact that he created the world with this flimsy kind of uh, roof on top of us is highlighting that fact, that he is our protector. He doesn't need anything else to put into the world to help him. So if you look at the next words in this Pasuk, Hasam Avim Rechuvo, Hashem makes the clouds into his chariot. Like when we look, David is looking up at the sky and seeing the clouds traveling across the sky, the sky so mysteriously, right? Who's making these clouds travel across the sky? And he's seeing Hashem in it. And he's seeing, he's almost like imagining Hashem is riding this horse that's, that's pulling these clouds across the sky like chariots. And Hamahalech al-Kanfei Ruach moves on the wings of the wind. He's saying he can see Hashem in the wind. He can see Hashem in the clouds. He sees Hashem everywhere. So idea number one that I want to bring out from this from this Pasuk here. David is noticing Hashem in nature. So too, we all have to notice Hashem in our life. If you were to ask me, what is the single most effective, transformative tool that you have used, Yal, on yourself in your life, I would tell you, and I created an evidence list in my notes app on my phone. And every time something comes into my life, even the smallest little thing that comes into my life to show me that Hashem is in support of the things that I want, that He's taking care of all the things that I need, even in the tiniest ways. How many times do things just flow to us? Things, resources, people, right? Hashem has so many messengers and ways to deliver help to you. And it comes so often. And I started noticing the tiniest little things and writing them down. And my list grew and grew and grew. And as I noticed, and as I wrote things down, more and more and more started flowing to me in abundance. And from there, my whole mood and my outlook on life shifted, despite whatever difficulty I was going through. I was able to see it from a whole different perspective. Everything changed. And I wish this upon all of you. And so I hope you're going to have an evidence list where you're writing down 
even the slightest things that come into your life that prove to you that Hashem is watching you, taking care of you, and that He wants what you want, because He really does. He's in support of the things that you want, and He will bring it to you if you trust that He will. may not be exactly in the same way that you thought, maybe in a different form, or it may not be when you thought it will be, maybe in a different time, but constantly noticing all the things that are coming to you will build you up to the point where even if something doesn't come exactly the way you want it, or in the right time that you want it to be, you'll feel so amazing, you'll feel so cared for, you'll feel so connected that it will all be okay. So this is my number one tool for being able to stay happy and calm and trusting in the present, is to constantly notice the things that are coming in the present, instead of living in a state of anxiety and desperation about the future. So let's look at Pasuk Hei, Yasad Eretz Amachoneha. So it says here that Hashem establishes the foundations of the earth. What are the foundations of the earth? Well, look at, you know, when you look at the earth in outer space, you just see like this ball floating in the middle of nowhere. Where's the metal beams, right? Where's the where's the, 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 the truck coming to insert things to hold it up? Nothing's holding it up. It's just standing there. It's floating in the middle of nowhere, right? What's under our house? Well, under the house is the ground. Under the ground is is water, right? And under the water is, I don't know, air? Like, there's nothing holding us up, right? So, you know, Hashem created that similar to what we said about the roof of the world, which is made of clouds. Hashem made it this way in purpose, so we should very clearly see, like when we spoke about clothing showing the nature of a person, the world shows the nature of God, how powerful and mighty he is. He himself is holding up the entire world. Another explanation here is that what's the foundations of the world? The foundations, as we speak about in Perkeavos, are Torah, Avoda, and Gemilas Chasadim, and the numerical equivalent, the gematria of those three things is 1309, and the gematria of this Pasuk here in Tehillim is 1309. Just a very interesting insight. Okay, Pasuk Vav, Tehom Kalavush Kisiso. In the beginning, when Hashem created the world, He created the entire world. The land was covered. Tehom Kalavush Kisiso. There were deep waters covering the entire earth like clothing. The whole earth was completely covered by water. Only on the third day when Hashem said, Yikavu Hamayim, did the waters then gather into piles in certain areas so that oceans and seas and rivers and lakes were created so that there was now dry land for people to walk around on. Let's go to Pasuk Tes, which continues, uh, you know, on the theme of this fascinating miracle. Gavol Samta Bal Hashem tells the ocean, here's the sand, and when you reach the sand, when you come to the shore, there's no more. You can't continue anymore. Hashem put all the waters on top of each other, and totally antithetical to the nature of water, He told the waters, stop. It's as if He's saying, to the, when you go to the ocean and you see the waves, you can see how they're like, it's so fascinating, they're like attempting to return to their pre-creation state. And they're attempting to like, with vigor and, and noise and force, they're coming and they're trying to overtake the land. But as they get closer to the shore, they lose their vigor and they retreat. So it's as if almost we could hear Hashem saying, Gvul sam tabal yavorun. Hashem said a gvul, a limit, and, and He said to them, stop, don't go out of bounds, I'm in charge here. And there's a book, Rivka Siegel wrote a book, Living to Hillam, and in the book she writes very interestingly that this is one of the reasons why it's so relaxing and soothing to go to the ocean. Why do so many of us just 
find it so therapeutic to be by the water, to be by the ocean. It's because looking at the waves stopping for the shore, seeing how they die out as they come to the shore is such a tangible reminder of Hashem's control over the entire universe, of the chesed and the might and the power of God. So let's take that and make the connection into our own life. Hashem is infinitely capable, infinitely powerful, and infinitely benevolent. Pasuk Tesvav, So not only does Hashem create the things that we absolutely can't live without, right? But He also creates Yayin, Yayin wine. What does wine do? It makes us happy. If you look at the word Yisamach, Yisamach could mean that it brings us joy. But if you make a slight little change and you turn that sin into a shin, the word Yisamach is related to Shemama, to destruction. A little bit too much wine already creates destruction. So let's take it easy. I know it's the nine days. We're not having wine anyways. But uh, let's keep this in mind that all the good things in life are great until they're a little too much and then they're not so great. And then they create destruction. Uh, so everything in moderation. Um, so the idea that, and here it also talks about Shemen in this Pasuk, that Hashem gave us wine, He gave us oil, right? What would we do with that oil? How could, we would never eat salad, right? It would be gross. So, you know, we, we need oil in so many different ways, perfumes, cosmetics, uh, everything to just, even just to get my door to stop squeaking, gotta spray some oil there, right? There's oil for so many different things. So these things, wine and oil are examples of things that Hashem brings us just for pure pleasure, just to make us happy. And so from here I want to derive idea number two. The second idea I want to give over for how to live our lives joyfully in the present is the idea of recognizing that Hashem wants us to have pleasure in this world. He doesn't want us to live in a state of waiting and anxiety. He wants us to go back to the moment and to figure out how can I make today more joyful? How can I make today more amazing? So this idea of self-care and figuring out what do I need to introduce into my life to bring myself more joy? What do I love doing? Do I love painting? Do I love playing instruments? Do I love dancing? Do I love socializing? Do I like traveling? Do I like reading? What do I like to do? What brings me joy? Let me put an abundance of those things into my life every single day. I should have something like that in my day to give me the happiness that I need so that I'm not living and waiting and I'm not waiting to jump to the next thing because the happier that I can become right now, the better off I'm going to be when that next thing arrives because I draw in what I already am now. So if I'm miserable now, and this is what I talk about with my clients who are dating, right? you can't be in a burning ship jumping off a burning boat. You're not going to end up going anywhere good. You're going to end up in a boat, in a little rowboat that has a hole in it. right? You need to be on a cruise ship, and you need to see boats going by, and you need to say, hmm, that one? That one, which one do I want? Which one suits me? Which one is going to bring me joy, is going to bring out the best in me? So we really have to be able to stay in our lives right now in a joyous space if we want to attract good things going forward. So it's very important to fill our life with happy and joyful things because that is the mindset that's going to draw in what we want because the good things, Lisa, we all know, come in the moment when we're least expecting it. It's just when you were least expecting it. That's when the things come. So we have to really stay in our life and enjoy our life right now and get comfy. And a lot of us think, well, I shouldn't be too comfortable because then I won't get what I want. It's actually the opposite. 
if I'm comfortable now, I draw in even more comfortable experiences in the future. If I'm worrying and agonizing, I get in my own way and I stall the things that I want. Pasuk Tes Zion. Yisbu Ate Hashem. Arze Levanon. Okay, so Yisbu Ate Hashem. Hashem. The Ate Hashem are the trees, right? When we're driving up to the mountains and you see all that broccoli, you see those those mountains covered with trees. Who put those trees there? Did a human being go and plant all those trees? How'd they get there? As far as I know, Hashem put them there. And that's why they're called Ate Hashem. Rabbi Victor Miller explains in his parish on Chovos Halavavos, Shar Bechina, the, the part of Chovos Halavavos where we're told that we're supposed to, we have a chiv, to look at nature so that we could derive emuna from it, which is exactly what we're doing here in this parak. Rabbi Victor Miller explains some beautiful things about nature. I highly recommend that sefer. And he says that there's a whole sefer just with Rabbi Victor Miller's parish on Chovos Halavavos. So he explains that how do trees just show up, right? These Atze Hashem, these trees of God. So he says that little seeds fall off the trees and on those seeds, it's like microscopic. You can't even really see it, but if you, I don't know, I don't even know if you could see it with the naked eye, but they have little wings on them. And what's the purpose of those wings? To fly them away from the tree. Why? Because if they were to fall right down beneath the tree, they wouldn't be able to grow a new tree there. It would be too close to the other tree and there would be no sunlight because all the leaves would be on top of it. So in order to be able to grow a new tree, that seed has to be driven far away from the tree. So therefore Hashem made little parachute wings on those little seeds so that they can go land in a sunny spot far away and so that a new tree could be planted. Pretty incredible. And there are so many of these tiny little amazing things about nature that we would never even dream of thinking of or noticing. And he explains the importance of getting with the program. Space into your surroundings because it will give you so much trust for your own personal life. Okay, Pasach says, Tashas Choshech Vihi Laila. You bring on the darkness and it is night. So here we're praising the nighttime. The previous Pasuk, which we didn't really go over, talks about the, the moon and the sun, the luminaries. Here, Hashem is also being praised for the nighttime. Okay, so this is a very significant point that I really want to expound on here. We're praising Hashem for the darkness. What's good about the darkness? So let's look at nature for a minute. What happens when it gets dark? Because it gets dark and we can't see anymore, we end up going to bed, right? And we get rejuvenated and we're able to restore our energy for the next day. If it wouldn't get dark and we'd be able to see things all night, we'd probably forget to go to sleep and and end up, uh, you know, uh, shopping for clothes at 3 o'clock in the morning. Who knows, right? So it's a chesed that Hashem made it dark to put us to sleep so that we can wind down and relax and rejuvenate ourselves. The Radak explains that the darkness is a very important part of photosynthesis. It's an essential part of the process of the growth of plants. Also, during the nighttime is when it says here in this Pasuk, all the animals come out at night. And that's a big chesed from Hashem, that they're not out during the day. What would it be like to trip over a skunk or a raccoon on your way into the grocery store or on the way to work? Right? It would be terrible if we had to deal with animals all over the whole day. So Hashem made it that the nighttime when we're sleeping is when the animals could come out and do their thing. So here you know, we're seeing the benefits of nighttime and I want to take this into our life and help us figure out the benefits of nighttime in our own life. And here's where we're segueing into idea number three that I want to give, 
for being happy with our life in the present by noticing that the nighttime has benefits too. The nighttime here that we're referring to is the fact that we're waiting for something and we don't have it. And very often we struggle and suffer and get very much in a state of pain and distress because of the things that we don't have. However, like we said before, we say every day, we thank Hashem. Thank you for creating us with our lack. Just like you created nature to be the way it is, part of the way you wanted the world to be also was that there's certain things that we don't have. You gave us a ton of things and then you gave each of us that one or two or three things that we still don't have that we're waiting for. That's the nature of the way you created the world. A person is always wanting more. He has a hundred, he wants two hundred. There's always something that we want and there's always something that we're lacking and we're going to see soon in, in you know in this parak also kulam elacha yisabera and it says that all of the creatures look to Hashem to be fulfilled so that their needs should be fulfilled so they should have the food that they need to eat they're all relying on Hashem for those things so we're all meant to be relying on Hashem for certain things that we don't have yet and that's a very good thing why is that a good thing because what was the punishment of the nachash the punishment of the nachash was that it had everything it needed it eats the dust of the earth it never has to ask hashem for anything and so our the thing that we praise and thank hashem for is for giving us a lack in our life so that we should have a reason to be able to turn to him and to build a connection with him now that's a major benefit, a major benefit of these holding patterns that were placed in in our life where I don't ha- yet have what I want, is that it connects me with Hashem like nothing else. That's what turns me to my sitter. That's what gets me to call out and beg and ask Hashem, please bring me the things that I want. That's what gets me to listen to a class like this that's telling me to do self-care and telling me to do things that are, you know, that are going to grow you and make you better people. That's what pushes us out of our comfort zone. It's those quiet times. Not only does it connect us with Hashem when, when there's nothing doing and we're waiting for the things that we want, but it also pushes us out of our comfort zone. We strive to find ways to fulfill ourselves so that we could feel better even with not having this uh, this thing that we want, right? A person who's lacking something will very often go out into the world and try to bring that the world that very thing that they're lacking i was watching the founders of bone olam who never had any children and they were talking about how they're trying to give everybody else in the world children because they don't have it so those times where we don't have the things that we're wanting are very often the most incredible times of growth and fulfillment and contribution in our life they build us up they build our trust they build our patience and they build so many different parts of us and so this is the reframe that i want to introduce to you here how am i using this time as an advantage how am i using this time to get closer to fulfilling my tafkid, to feeling more fulfilled in my life, to contributing more to the world. Maybe you don't have money right now and because of that, it's pushing you to use your talents in ways that you never thought you would use them in order to make money. And you never would have done that if you had all the money that you needed at this very moment. 
Maybe you're waiting for children and now you're able to spend the time strengthening your Shalom bias and building a beautiful foundation for your future home and building Amuna and having groups in your house for Tehillim where your, your time is freed up for amazing things that you might start doing. Maybe the Tzara that you're dealing with is going to connect you with other people who are going to bring out opportunities in your life that you never would have had, right? How could this darkness be an advantage? How can it guide me and lead me towards my tafkid in this world? Because Pasuk Chaf Gimel says, Man goes out to his work, to his labor until the evening. We can see this as a very basic, you know, the shot of this is that the animals come out at night and then in the, in the morning the men go out to work. Or the Baal Shem Tov explains it on a deeper level. Adam A person leaves the upper realms, leaves the heavens, as Neshama comes down onto this world. Lefa'alo, for his unique tafkit, for his unique task, and he's meant to be plugging away at it until his soul is returned, you know, until after 120, he's meant to be toiling away and laboring to fulfill his divine calling. So these holding patterns in our life, these waiting periods, they're there to help us grow, to push us out of our comfort zone, and to help us do things that we never would have done. When we look at it this way and we try to fulfill that and do things as a result of having the distress in the waiting and we try to do things to allay that distress, to feel better, then, and, and we end up seeing that amazing, fulfilling things come out of it. Marabu Hashem. Okay, so we're displaying our awe at all of the incredible creations of Hashem. Mala Aretz Kinyanecha. The world is full of things with which I can acquire you. The Katzkareba explains it this way. He says, "The world. The, either we can understand it on a basic level. The world. The world is full of things that belong to Hashem, or we can understand it that the world is full of opportunities." to be able to see Hashem's hand and to be able to strengthen our faith, looking at the tree, the rock, the ocean, the leaf, everything that we look at and see in nature is there to highlight the wisdom and the kindness and the might and the power and the consistency of Hashem. Chaf Zayin. So like we said here, we're reframing lack. The lack is being reframed. Everybody has to look to Hashem to get their food on time when they need it. All the animals are looking to Hashem to get, and, and the people, the animals and the people are looking to Hashem for their resources to get whatever they need. When this, this is part of, just like we're talking about the clouds and the trees and the oceans and the rivers and the springs and the, right? Everything that we're talking about, we're also talking about the fact that Hashem also built in this concept that we're turning to Hashem all the time for all the things that we need. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. There's beauty in that darkness. There's beauty in the weight. Lamed Zayin. Ashira l'Hashem achayai. Azamar l'Elokai bodi. So we're praising Hashem as a result of all of this magnificent creation. And we're saying, Azamar l'Elokai bodi. So an interesting way that I saw of interpreting this is that I'm singing out to Hashem, but odi. It could, on a basic level, mean with, with my life, with the years that I have left. But it, od also means ode. Ode means more, extra. I'm praising Hashem with my extras. I'm using those extra talents, those extra skills, those extra abilities that I was given as an intellectual human being who has so many capabilities. I use those unique things that Hashem gave me to serve Him 
to praise him and to contribute to the world. So in conclusion, we spoke about three ideas that are embedded in this parak that can help us not just to survive, but to thrive in those waiting portions of our life, which is almost always, we're always waiting for something. Number one, notice every single good thing that come your way, that comes your way, have an evidence list, keep a running list of even the tiniest things that are going right for you. That is going to make a tremendous difference in your life on so many levels. Number two, self-care. Enhance the quality of your life. Enhance the variety in your life. Create excitement in your life right now. Don't wait around for it to come from some other thing that you have no control over exactly when it's going to show up or how it's going to show up. You be in control of your life. You take control and create those happy times right now. Three, the third thing is, how can I use this nighttime as a time of greater involvement and fulfillment in my life? What can I do now in this period of waiting that can make me an even better person, that can help me contribute, that can help me become my most fulfilled self? This is not only going to make you feel good, but it's also going to do, it's going to help you do what you're meant to be doing on this world. Like we said, Yetzi Adam Lafalo, Vlavo Deso Adeyarev, you're meant to, until the day of death to be striving to fulfill your task in this world. So I want to wish all of you Hatzlacha in your efforts to stay out of the living in transit mode and to stay in the mode of living with joy, gratitude, trust in the present. This lesson that I'm teaching you today is part of the work. It's a major part of the work that I do with my singles, the single women who I'm coaching in drawing in their ideal husbands because it's so important if they want to be able to attract those amazing husbands that they're wanting, they have to be in a happy, content, trusting state right now. And so we work on doing this and incredible things have been coming from this. So if you know anybody who's in this situation and they're getting sick of waiting around and they're having a hard time, send them to email me, yalbertram at gmail.com and I would be thrilled to help them turn around their present life and draw in what they're wanting. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.